Hey friends, it's season five of the official Do Good Better podcast, and every Thursday we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, a, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word Do Good Better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Marts to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. But sometimes those people who can help us do better are actually people who are in the small and medium-sized nonprofit world. And that's who we have today. I'm super excited to have Carrie Balkholz, who is the founder and uh, executive director of Haley's Hope. And you might say, wow, that sounds really interesting. Pat. No, you you have not yet begun to meet Carrie. She's amazing. And thank you so much for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. I would just, I'm so happy to be here, Patrick, and um, I would do anything for you. And I'm so excited to share Haley's Hope and, you know, just not only for our supporters, but other nonprofits out there, because um, it's a journey. It, uh, it so much is. Uh, one of my favorite groups that I've ever had the pleasure of working with and watching grow uh, is Haley's Hope. But for those, before we get started, for those who are like tuning into iTunes or they're on Spotify or YouTube and they find, wow, I want to know more about this, but they don't know who you are. Let's give them the 5,000 foot view of who you are, what you do and why we're chatting today. All right. Well, it's we're called Haley's Hope. We are a dyslexia learning center here in West Fargo, North Dakota. And we opened, or I started this venture because of our son, Haley, who, when he was, when going to preschool, we were constantly being told that he wasn't keeping up with the kids in his class. Um, you know, not behavior challenged, just educationally challenged. And he was so much different than our daughter, Summer, who was older, and just seemed to get it. Um, and as a parent with young kids, we're just like, I, I don't know what this means? What are you telling me that he's not keeping up with the kids in this class? Um, we struggled for two and a half years trying to find out why this really smart, brilliant, young, uh, amazing boy, energetic, um, was not able to learn 
like other kids. And so um, neuropsych testing, eye testing, hearing testing, um, attention testing, and you know, he didn't, he didn't fit any of those. Um, and so I finally started following this little word called dyslexia after his spirit had been crushed, um, trying to learn in that environment where he didn't know what was going on. And so once I found dyslexia and had him assessed as profoundly dyslexic and severely dysgraphic and started to use a tutoring method specifically to address that issue, I got my, I got my little boy back, Mm -hmm. you know, I got that happy little boy and he was able to be social again. And he was able to, um, you know, work in a classroom. Certainly it hasn't been easy. Um, There are struggles along the way, but I got my boy back because I figured out how he learned. And so after doing a lot of um, education and training myself and realizing that, you know, it's one in five, one in five kids that are sitting in that classroom. Um, and the changes that we found in Haley, I just knew we had it to help other families because um, there just were no resources where we're at. And so it's been 11 years, Patrick, 11 years since we opened the doors to Haley's Hope. And we went from, you know, tutoring one and two kids that first year to we are almost at 200 kids um, a week that we see. So, um, I'm so thankful because we have graduates who are now have graduated through our program, but have graduated from college mm-hmm. and are getting jobs in our workforce that they never thought they would be able to do when they were in middle school or in some in high school. And, um, it's life-changing. The audacity to start a nonprofit though. That's where I think the difference between someone who is, I am a mom and I'm going to help because that's what I do and it's my kid. And maybe there's a handful of others that we found to be similar to Haley's situation that we'd help. How did it become, I can help others to, I'm going to start an entire organization based on that? Because the leap in your brain has to be a little bit... um, bananas because that is such an amount of work to do where did that what did that where was the switch um so if you ask my husband you know everybody says you got to think out of the box and do things that are that are you know not in your comfort zone and I say my husband always said will you just go back into that box will you just stay in the box for a little bit um so before I started this I had an interior design um business. And I had that for 25 years. So um, I think it's more of, you know, I I just had this desire that I didn't want other kids to struggle. And I think a lot of times we start businesses or people start businesses or nonprofits without necessarily um, knowing what they're doing, at least in my point. I mean, my goal was to help people. And so, um, and I believe that things happen for a reason. And some space became available across the hallway from me and just, you know, thought, well, I, you know, we're going to go for this. And, um, but it, it's not an easy venture, but I think it was just something guiding me to say, you know, um, there's more to what you need to do to help others. And sometimes I don't think there's, you know, for me, there's a long-term plan. It's a short-term, I just need to do this. So again, um, and it worked. You know, and it's worked, but it's it's been a lot of hard work. So 
It, uh, it, it is. And I think within that hard work and outside of Haley's success, because I think we, that's, you know, uh, unbelievably documented and he makes such a wonderful spokesperson for the organization and can speak to it. So, uh, so brilliantly, uh, whether you're doing an event or a golf tournament or, or, or in any sort of uh, medium, are there other success stories that stand out to you as one of those moments even within like, I don't know if I should be continuing to do this, but then this aha moment happens with a parent or a kid that says, nope, nope, I'm, I'm, we're on the right track. Is there one or two of those that you just remember that push you forward when things just go horribly wrong or nothing seems to be, you know, uh, going right from programs to fundraising and everything is the one that you just remember the most? Well, there are several, but, um, one is a uh, young man who came to us in late elementary, early middle school, and just really struggled in all aspects of life. And um, he found it within himself to change his thought process. So we build or give the skills of literacy to engage in that written word. Um, but I think what we don't realize so much is what that does to that heart and what that does to that individual's um, understanding of themselves and what they actually can do in their life, not just with reading and writing, but in their life. And so, you know, we worked with him on literacy for a little bit, but he had a change of heart that allowed him to be successful in his high school years of school where he never thought he would go to post-secondary. He went to post-secondary, was top in his class, um, got a great job offer. And he texts me through all of these years on all of those great moments that he's had and how he passed a test or how he, when he got into school or when he, I mean, we sent him a great care package when he got an award at, at his um, post-secondary education and, and when he got a job. Um, those are the things that make me look at every little kid and family that comes in the door, whether they're six years old or they're 42 years old, that it's not just about that literacy, it's about changing their heart and their outlook on life. Um, we have adult, an adult that has been in here and, and has learned and he is has gotten several job promotions. Um, he's now doing his master program. Um, you know, his, his life has changed for him, um, you know, in that financial aspect too. I think in the nonprofit world, we get hung up on, on what we're going to do next, whatever task is on our to-do list, whatever email is sitting in our inbox. And I think even as successful organizations for 11 years running, I think taking time to remember that the impact goes further than just the program when it ends and that, uh, that regardless of what you do, whether it's basic needs or, or, or mental wellness or whatever, it's, that's the first of whatever positive dominoes that you help make fall. And that reminding each other of that is a really good thing to keep your spirits up. But occasionally there's the things that just throw you for a loop completely. And outside of the old, uh, the P word, the, the pandemic word, what sort of challenges have you, or is there a big challenge that that sort of faced Haley's hope 
um, that you just kind of looked at it like this is going to be freaking impossible? And how did you overcome that? You know, one of the challenges we faced since um, early on is how to keep up with the growth, you know, and how, how to navigate needing space um, when, you know, you need dollars to have the space. You need dollars to grow. You need dollars to increase tutoring spaces and to increase staff. Um, and if you don't do that, who are you leaving behind that you can't help? And so navigating just that, you know, that you, that you need resources and sometimes they don't come fast enough. And so, you know, we have remodeled many times in the last 11 years. And I think one of our strengths in navigating those challenges is that, you know, we're not fancy. We don't mind putting a folding table up and putting two chairs next to it uh, and just doing what we need to do so that we can service, you know, and help families. Um, and I, I so appreciate all of our families that are okay with that because <laughs> sometimes it's not pretty, um, but we might be set up in a hallway and we get the job done. Um, I think it's just not giving up for what and how you need to get through things. Um, and it doesn't always have to be the, the shiny, the shiny, this is perfect. You just have to do it. I think as becoming an accidental fundraiser, an accidental nonprofit leader, the ones that just kind of create because they wanted to help and make the world a better place, find themselves in those situations where they're like, we're just going to make it happen regardless of what it looks like and feels like because this is what we're going to do. And I think a lot of nonprofits get to the point where they're challenged by, I don't know what to do next, or there's a number of crossroads that we could have for either a fundraising event or some sort of programming piece. Is there a piece of advice that you've learned in the last 11 years doing this that uh, somebody similar in a similar situation might be listening to this podcast or like, I relate really well with what Carrie's saying, but is there a piece of fundraising or marketing or just nonprofit executive advice that you would give to nonprofit leaders that you found to be invaluable during your successful 11 year run? Um, I would say for me, it's that 12 or 24 hour rule. It's that patience, you know, um, sometimes those decisions were made quick and early on because we thought, oh, we got to, you know, got to get, get going on this and need to make a decision. Um, and I feel like when I've given myself grace and our team grace to just think about what is, what really do we want to do with that understanding that we, even if we think about it for that long, it may not be the right decision and it may not be the perfect decision, but we have to hold that we made it. and then be able to, you know, transfer away from that if it's not working. Um, I always say when I started early on and trying to get it, two kids or two into our education system, you know, I'm not afraid of if the door is locked and, you know, I can't go through the, um, through the attic or through the roof or through that, you know, what do you do? You dig a hole in the ground and go underneath the wall. I mean, somehow, some way you got to figure out to do what you think you need to do mm -hmm. right, wrong or indifferent, and then navigate away or towards that. So I, I would say it's that giving yourself the grace to think about it, make the decision, but always be able to, you know, maneuver around that decision too. I like it. And again, patience in the long game to make sure that you know that this is going to take a, a little bit of time, whether it's trying to get a, a child to understand some of the techniques that you're doing, the patience to, to wait it out uh, for them to, to, to catch on and learn, or the patience to grow an organization 
is great too. But what if somebody doesn't have the patience and they want to immediately give you money right now? How do we people get a hold of you? Where do they go to learn more about these things so they can give you a boatload of cash or volunteer or learn more about Haley's Hope? Well, that I would love that. And, you know, I love just talking about what we do and who we are. So I, I want my audience to know what we do and who we are. But you can reach us at our website, haleyshope.org. And it's H-A-L-E-Y-S-H-O-P-E.org. Um, check us out on our Facebook page. You know, give us a call. We love to talk to you in person, too. You know, 701-373-0397. Um, I love to talk to you in person, but yeah, reach out any way you can. If it's just a chat, ask a question about a 504, an IEP, how your child's doing, um, grandkids, whatever that might be. One of the, one of the things that I learned very early on from both you and the other organizations that I got to work with in the, uh, the EIP world was, uh, grandma and grandpa figure things out a lot more. Uh, quickly than uh, parents do it occasionally. So uh, ask them on their uh, comparison on uh, on sort of raising kids and listen to them. And when you do go to the show notes, go click on Haley's Help, go reach out to Carrie and her team because uh, they're there to help and they work miracles, uh, hundreds of kids at a time. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, thank you so much for what you do. Thanks for your perseverance over the last couple of years. Uh, thanks for allowing us to watch you grow exponentially and how fun it is to watch your success uh, and thank you so much for your time and being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you. I love it. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you're go-to dogooduniversity.com. That's dogooduniversity.com. And you register for one of the courses. I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast, take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.